Well, at least 5,000 people lined the streets of the West Bank city of Ramallah today for the full state memorial for Shireen Abu Akleh as her coffin, covered in a Palestinian flag, was driven through the city ahead of her funeral on Friday. The 51-year-old was one of the most recognized and respected reporters in the region. Uh, she worked for Al Jazeera. She was shot and killed on Wednesday morning in the West Bank city of Janine during what her colleagues said, who were at the scene, was a surprise burst of Israeli fire on a small group of journalists covering an expected Israeli military raid. Now, Al Jazeera and Palestinian authorities accused Israeli forces of deliberately targeting and killing Akleh. She's uh, very unique, and she really, we miss, we will miss her. And we it's a big loss for us, for the Al Jazeera office in Palestine, for all Al Jazeera colleagues, and for all the journalists in Palestine and all the countries that Shireen went there, to cover. That is Tamir Al-Mishal with Al Jazeera. Uh, well, today, Israeli officials changed their story somewhat about the incident, saying it was possible that she had been killed by their forces, potentially, possibly. An investigation is underway after first suggesting that she may have been hit by Palestinian gunfire. We do not know what was the direct cause of Shireen's death. That from Israel's defense minister, Benny Gantz, who's walking back earlier claims Palestinian gunmen likely fatally shot the veteran Al Jazeera reporter in the disputed West Bank. Gantz acknowledging the possibility Israeli fire was to blame no less than Palestinian fire. He's calling on the Palestinian Authority to conduct a joint investigation and transfer the bullet for ballistic analysis. It came from firearms used by both the IDF and and Palestinians. The Palestinian Authority rejecting any cooperation. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. Well, with more on this, joining me now is Sharif Mansour. He's the Regional Coordinator for the Middle East and North Africa with the Committee to Protect Journalists, and he's speaking to me tonight from Washington. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. For uh, listeners here in Canada who might not be familiar with Shireen Abu Akleh and her work, um, she was, I gather, one of the most recognized and trusted reporters uh, in the region. Absolutely. And her uh, face is recognized not just uh, within the region, even here in policy circles. She has been uncovered. Um, Palestine from within and from outside in hallways in Washington, D.C., in New York during U.N. assembly. And that's what I think uh, have uh, resulted that outpour we saw of support from people all over the world uh, because for 25 years she was uh, a voice for Palestine for a lot of people, even other journalists. And uh, she has covered what happened to other journalists. She has uh, suffered daily in order to tell that story, Um, to go from a city to another, to go from a, a military barricade, or from a Gaza war to another, or from a national protest to another, her uh, face, her sound was recognized across the region. And uh, uh, in many ways, that that's why I think we're uh, pressing for answers. That's why I think the justice in her case would be emblematic for justice to other Palestinian journalists, even those who do not have the same recognition or the attention 
because uh, they are also not just Palestinian, but uh, she is also a U.S. citizen. Uh, Sharif, what was it about her, her style, her reporting, and her professionalism that was so rec- was so recognized and so respected in the region, covering such a difficult story? I can't say I've been close to her, but I've seen and I've known a lot of close friends who describe her more than anything as a person who is friendly, happy, warm to be around. And that's hard. Uh, You know, day in and day out covering the Palestinian story, it's very hard. she, to at least to many of her colleagues, was a source, a source of resolve, uh, because she always had a smile on her face uh, when she was reporting on the worst, uh, sometimes conditions. You know, the uh, the stories that she had to tell over the years, many ways were human stories, and she was herself as a human represented them to the world. Uh, I want to tell you that uh, uh, we we are also seeing a lot of outpouring uh, that we haven't seen uh, in her funeral today. Mm-hmm. Uh, thousands of people, not just journalists, not just policymakers who spoke, but just ordinary citizens came up and uh, joined her funeral in a show of uh, recognition of who she represents to them. Sharif, what do we know now? Uh, we know that she was wearing a flak jacket that clearly identified her as a member of the press. What do we know about the circumstances of, of her death and what don't we know right now? Well, the story has shifted at least on the uh, Israeli military side. In the beginning, they tried to say that there were clashes, that the, there could be Palestinian militants behind the shooting. And today, more and more anonymous uh, Israeli officials are telling uh, newspapers like Wall Street Journal and Washington Post, they are investigating the possibility that one of their, one of their uh, soldiers uh, was behind the shooting and that it was within range of some of the uh, their guns that was taken away, and um, in some way that that shift shows, on uh, many ways, the journalists who and the eyewitnesses in the scene have said that there wasn't a militant nearby or an exchange of fire, and on the contrary, that she and her colleagues have made themselves. Uh, uh, shown to the military checkpoint and that they were approaching in full eyesight um, as journalists wearing the press signs on hamlets and on their uh, uh, jackets. So I think this is why it was shocking to see this in the beginning and uh, I am in many ways not undermining this particular incident, but unfortunately it is happening exactly a year after Al Jazeera's office, the Associated Press office, and a total of 28 outlets were bombed by the Israeli army. 
And in many ways, that was a reminder on why we needed uh, the UN to do a probe into the similar actions that took place not just a year ago, but over the course of what we counted 18 cases of journalists who have been killed on the job since 92 in Israel and uh, Palestine, occupied Palestinian territories. You're calling for an independent investigation. I know already there is a, uh, let's call it a jurisdictional dispute about the bullet. Uh, Israel want to conduct a joint investigation. The Palestinian Authority uh, does not trust Israel to do that properly. There's the question of the bullet that was fired. The Palestinian Authority has it. Israel wants to investigate as well. They will not hand it over. Uh, is any of that concerning to you that already there seems to be uh, a familiar fight taking place over trying to gather the evidence here? And how do you think, what's the best way to solve that? Well, uh, when we say there is already an ongoing UN investigation uh, commissioned by the UN Human Rights Council and by the International Criminal Court looking at similar actions, and in many ways this is why it's an ongoing story, Uh, even though it was a horrific uh, killing yesterday, we think that this is a case that should inform the international uh, inquiry probe that started already that will be announced at least the finding next month in June, but also inform uh, the U.S. response because she is a U.S. citizen and President Biden is likely to visit Israel next month. So we would like this to be a joint international investigation, uh, making sure that U.S. representative, even Qatari government representative on on behalf of Al Jazeera, and uh, the most important outcome of the investigation is that accountability will follow. So the findings, the evidence should be shared with the U.N. and other stakeholders who can uh, enforce recommendations and uh, accountability against the perpetrators. I'm speaking with Sharif Mansour. He's the regional coordinator for the Middle East and North Africa with the Committee to Protect Journalists. After this, more about uh, just the international reaction and whether Sharif thinks that uh, that an independent investigation is being pushed for uh, in enough places by enough people. That's next. I'm speaking with Sharif Mansour. He's the regional coordinator for the Middle East and North Africa with the Committee to Protect Journalists. We're talking about the shooting death of Shireen Abu Akleh, a Palestinian-American journalist who was shot dead during an Israeli army, army operation uh, in the West Bank city of uh, Jenin or the West Bank area of Jenin uh, yesterday. And the growing calls now for an independent investigation into what happened. Uh, Sharif, so far, have you been encouraged by the international reaction in terms of calls for an independent inquiry here to find out, uh, to get to the truth about what happened uh, in Janine yesterday? I have been encouraged to see responses on the highest level by U.S. uh, and European officials. And I think uh, there is a chance here um, to to drive that conversation further about impunity um, in terms of uh, not just this case, the rest of... Uh, cases that didn't get uh, attention, uh, journalists who regularly are detained 
shot at, injured, but not killed, but sometimes also killed, and also lack of access to um, uh, investigate and prosecute uh, those involved in uh, press freedom violation, which I think is important at this point to be raised. I think there is a chance here for the Biden administration because this is a follow-up on a commitment they have said before uh, when uh, the Associated Press was bombed that they will uh, keep press freedom as a paramount uh, importance in the relationship with the Israeli government. It's been a year now, and the Israeli army have not provided the evidence they said they have to justify bombing Associated Press and those other outlets. And I think uh, what what this case is providing an opportunity to hold that promise, not just morally, but also as uh, uh, an interest for uh, someone who is a U.S. citizen, the Biden administration has an obligation that uh, uh, Shireen and her family can seek justice in this case. I don't want. I don't know how exactly who in the U.S. government is being is going to be able to do it. It might involve uh, material support from FBI or other agencies. Uh, but eventually what we want to see is that the U.S. play a direct role and a joint role in discussions in uh, the U.N. Human Rights Council in June and in the U.N. General Assembly in September. Sharif, for listeners who may not remember the incident when the offices of the Associated Press and others uh, were attacked or were at least hit, um, can you remind listeners what happened a year ago? So, uh, the, you know, there was at least 28 media outlets uh, included in five tall tower buildings in the heart of Gaza uh, and some also that are in the West Bank that we have seen in the matter of weeks uh, directly hit with airstrike by uh, the Israeli government. And at the time, the first uh, justification given was that some of these outlets, because they were Palestinians and had affiliations with terrorist groups, and then the escalation happened against international outlets, regional outlets like Al Jazeera, Sujit Press, and others. And we even saw uh, one journalist who worked for Al Aqsa Voice TV. After the the headquarter was bombed, his own home was bombed and he died during that time. Sharif, I, one of the great tragedies here above and beyond everything that's happened is perhaps the loss of such an experienced and um, respected reporter covering this story. So in many ways, the UN doesn't get involved until every other avenues have possibly been exhausted, and that includes local and regional mechanisms of enforcement. And uh, uh, in many ways, when I say 18 journalists that we've counted since 1992, that is on the conservative uh, count, too. Uh, there are journalists that we couldn't even confirm, including the one who died in an airstrike at home 
Mm-hmm. We are not sure if it was confirmed because, uh, you know, his outlet was bombed the day before. So where was he bo- be working, for example? Mm-hmm. So there are serious questions that we cannot answer because of lack of access or knowledge, but this is not one of them. This is a case that I think we can, and we have seen coverage of it. We have seen a lot of information coming out just a day or two after it happened. And uh, my hope is that it will move the conversation about not just jurisdiction on enforcement of law enforcement, but also about protections for uh, journalists in conflict zones and the fight against uh, any government, including democracies, who are uh, pushing against those protections. Sharif Mansour, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.